Hello and welcome. Data Unplugged, episode two. Today we have Toma with us. He is currently the head of data, BI, and AI at Arab. Arab is a Munich-based startup, and he combines now more than five years of experience in the data science and analytics space, including experience leading data strategy initiatives. And at Arab, he has basically built the, the current data unit from scratch. And today with him, we will discuss um, more how he did it, some of his learnings, the insights uh, that he delivered and how he delivered insights very quickly. So, Etoma, thank you very, very much for, for joining me and being part of this. Um, how are you doing today? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much, um, Vincent, um, for inviting me to the podcast. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Cool, wonderful. So I think um, the, the, the one question that I'm, that I'm super keen to understand is um, you, you, your journey at Arab, right? How it started. You obviously started um, as, as a business analyst and, and then quite quickly, actually, I think it was three months or four months, you <laughs> progressed True. straight into the head of data, right? So it was very quick. Um, very quick step up for you. Um, why don't you just start telling us a little bit, like how how did this all start? Uh, this whole journey at Arab, like uh, from from day one when you joined them. Okay, yeah, I like to start like this. So as a as a data analyst team lead at a big enterprise firm um, in Munich, Germany, um, a well known company here, I had been let go um, when the company went bankrupt um, <laughs> after a month and a half. Um, of job searching, I was fortunate enough to be offered the role of senior business analyst at Arab, specifically within the sales and marketing um, division. Mm. The interview process was rigorous, and I had the opportunity to showcase my skills um, and experience through interesting case studies with the then uh, vice president of marketing uh, by name Mehul, someone I admire greatly. I also had the opportunity to meet one of the co-founders of the company, Simon as well as other senior colleagues um, in the company. Um, the peer review process went quite well, uh, and I was thrilled to join this really cool company. Um, maybe it's also a good opportunity to, to really introduce the company I work for um, here, where I did the see first company uh, that um, generates 90% of our revenues via our own webshop. Mm. Uh, the remaining 10% comes from offline you know, retail sales. Uh, we sell flavors and refillable bottles. And our drinking system is basically a refillable bottle uh, that turns plain water into flavored water through scent alone. Uh, we are the category builder when it comes to scent-based tasting and the only company active in this category uh, worldwide. Since joining Europe, I've had the opportunity to work you know, um, on some exciting projects and, and collaborate with talented individuals. I've been able to apply my data and BI skills to help the sales and marketing team make better business decisions. It's been a challenging and rewarding experience so far. And I look forward to continuing to contribute to the success of Arab. Mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm going to deviate for a second, but the first time I read about Arab, it, it, I had to Google the science because it sounded a bit like magic, like sorcery. Um, how it was possible, right? Um, but yeah, it's a very cool product. Um, cool. So, so you started obviously uh, fairly niche, obviously not as, as a whole data unit, but more like in 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 the marketing within the BI, yeah, within a BI function within sales and marketing. How did you deliver this value quickly, or how did you position yourself in a in a function of saying, look, it's worth it's worth growing this 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 data function? How, how did your journey start there on on the more BI side of things? 
I mean, the, the founders of the company are, are, are people that, that value data a lot and really understand the power of data and, and its impact, you know, in driving growth in the business. So um, the likes of, of Simon, our chief marketing officer, the likes of Chris Out, our CEO, they are very, very highly numbers driven people. And basically, they knew what they wanted, right? And, and immediately they saw, they saw this value. Um, or, or, I mean, it, it became really clear that, you know, we needed to invest more, more resources in this. We needed to make this value go around across the organization, not, not just within the, the source of marketing alone, but really, really try to spread that value really quickly across the organization. So I think it was a bit of, a bit of both, right? A skilled professional being helped by a senior management that really sees yeah. value in data. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, in, in the data industry. Uh, that's probably one of the one of the bigger bigger issues, right? If you don't have backing from from the very top, it, it's going to be very difficult to to grow out something like that. But I think also something that I'd be quite interesting to understand is when when I speak to other startups um, in the very beginning, a lot of them outsource their data needs in the beginning, and I'm just wondering. You, you obviously grew the data quite quickly. I mean, it's three months. It's quite quickly to show value and, and really just start uh, growing a unit. Um, wh why did you not do it? Um, why did you guys not outsource your data needs? Why did you start growing something internally? What what gave you the impulse to do that? Uh, on the contrary, we actually outsourced from the oh, very yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was outsourcing, right, um, from the very start. <laughs> so... Um, if the question is, would it have made sense to outsource your data needs from the beginning? Yes, yes, it, it made a lot of sense to start with an outsource partner from the beginning and early growth stages of the company. Um, so the reason for this is that the business needed to unearth value real quickly from data to support our growth efforts. And, and working with an external partner helped accelerate the process of building a strong foundation for our data strategy. So another value from outsourcing that, that I that I, uh, I can also mention here is it allowed us to quickly gain access to skilled professionals, you know, who had experience already with data analysis mm. and BI. So for me, it wasn't a case of loneliness. It was a case of me collaborating with other skilled colleagues. They just weren't, weren't working in, our, in, in Europe, mm. but we could really get uh, the ground running real fast, right? And, and again, I also benefited from getting valuable insights, you know, into what other competitors might be doing in our industry. So additionally, working with an external partner basically allowed us to, to focus on our core business operations while gaining time to work on you know, robust data strategy. It, it, it give, basically gave me uh, room to, to focus on, on working on a strategy uh, mm -hmm. on how to move the company um, data, you know, um, and I, I basically add more value for the rest of the organization. So this meant that we're able to quickly gain valuable insights right into our customers their behaviors uh, their preferences and we're able to use the information to drive drive growth and improve our business outcomes obviously based on these really good outcomes the company definitely saw like okay we should really have invest in having like our own internal data team right uh, because then we, we've been able to really justify that value so of course assessing our data needs in the beginning was a smart decision that helped us to accelerate our growth and build a strong foundation for our data strategy. When you say that, uh, that obviously was it was the right decision for Arab at that point. Do you think that is 
generally speaking, the smarter way to start, especially for, for, for companies that start their journey to start with, uh, with outsourcing the data needs. Do you think that's, that's the way you would go if you would go, I don't know, in another uh, company? I would do that again, for sure. I would do that again because, I mean, when I started and um, uh, I think it was pretty clear that um, having an outsourced partner, you know, really, really accelerated that growth. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that okay. um, I would have, I would do that again if I were to work somewhere else. Right? It, it's always really good for for a startup to consider these outsourced outsourcing options, uh, and then basically grow from there. You know, but um, yeah, I'm, that's basically what I will, I would recommend that again for any other startup mm -hmm. that it's really in their early growth phases. Start quickly, work with external companies, right? Yeah. Hire one person in their team. Yeah. Um, you know, validate that there's actually value, like in really hiring another personnel in their team, right? So I, I feel like if I hadn't gotten that external partner support, I probably would have been really slow in trying to help the business, you know, achieve their in, in their, their growth. Um, okay. You know, objectives. Okay, fair enough. Now. And that's obviously me asking more for about for your your opinion. Let's say you would go into like a mid-sized company that um, that also wants to start their BI analytics data journey. Would you would you give the same answer? If obviously like a, a startup obviously is, is a bit they need to look out for cash, right? Yeah. Uh, but a mid-sized company, let's say that they're, they're very wealthy, they've got cash. Um, would you do it differently if you had the money to really invest in 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 a in a very speedy growth? Would you then get your resources internally? Or would you still say no at the beginning? I would I'd start outsourcing it. I think it's gonna be a mix of both. All depends on you know <clears throat> how what is the 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 what are, what are the targets? What are the objectives? Um, and how quickly does the mid-sized company want to reach those objectives? For a small startup, uh, you know, there is always, you know, uh, they, they pay attention a lot to how much we spend, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're looking for money. We're, we're looking to, to impress our investors with yep. um, what we have. And, you know, for them, what they really care about is how, how can we quickly get value from our investment? So for a mid-sized company that has a lot of money, I think it's going to be a mix of both. You know, so uh, I would rather say you hire, you work with an, uh, an external partner, but at the same time, uh, focus on hiring uh, real quick, right? Um, to actually, you know, materialize the value um, that the organization seeks as quickly as possible. So it's a mix of both. I, I, I would still tilt towards working with an external partner because sometimes recruitment takes a lot of time. It takes yeah. time to find the right talent the right yeah. skilled professionals. And if you focus on that, maybe you're actually losing a big part of convincing the business about the value of data. Mm. I mean, the value they can get from their data and understanding their customers and insights they can get from that, uh, that than focusing on, you know, okay, I want, to, I want to hire now and then, you know, basically lose the, the opportunity to really prove the value of data to the business. So I, I think I would use a combination of both. It depends. Some companies might say, okay, I don't I have a policy where I don't want to work with externals. Mm -hmm. And then then you probably need to think of working with external recruiters to fast track hiring, uh, you know, data talents to that organization. But yeah. if the company permits 
both scenarios, then of course I think it's opportunity for you to leverage that. Mm. Okay, cool. That that's very interesting. Now, um, obviously, you 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 said like I started more as a, as a BI function, <clears throat> more on the BI role of things, and you started with the the outsourced um, you, you outsourced your data needs. Uh, at what point did you say because with a midwest size company you said you, you run that in tandem right you do that together uh, yeah. things right you you deliver quick insights value quickly but at the same time you focus on scaling because you've got the money at what point did you decide or at what point did you know okay now is the time to to start building our own own data team and and mm -hmm. maybe from uh yeah how, when did you say now is the time i need to hire my own people Okay, yeah, so um, in our own case, um, within the first three months of my joining the company, we had already succeeded in creating a strong business case for the value of BI uh, and analytics. We were able to gain many valuable insights that boosted our marketing efforts, right? Supported our early seeding stages with investors and clearly set our sales and marketing division ahead of other divisions without a BI team. So based on these early successes and a clear value, that we're able to generate from our data strategy. Uh, the very smart and data aware management, like I said, senior uh, management of Europe decided to invest in an internal data team. And uh, this allowed us to extend the same value um, to the rest of the organization. So we, we essentially stopped focusing on BI for just one division, yeah. but then saw value to extend you know, BI to the rest of the organization. So in addition to that, this decision was based on clear understanding of the potential benefits mm. that we could achieve by having an internal data team and the recognition of the importance of investing, um, you know, in the necessary resources to take our data strategy to the next level. Uh, in summary, overall, in or in conclusion, the decision to build our own data team was driven by a clear understanding of value that data mm. can bring to our business, a recognition of the potential benefits that an internal data team could provide in terms of driving growth yeah. and innovation across the organization. Oh, okay. Okay, that's great. I think at this point, when we speak about value, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think obviously one value would always be money, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How much marketing spent uh, in this uh, specific scenario. What other KPIs did you use to say, right, this... BI data unit is providing value, right? Apart from the monetary side of things, I think that's that's very easily measurable, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what other other uh, yeah, what other KPIs did you look at to say, look, we're providing value more than just from a financial perspective? I mean, so and that that's a really good question. So that I mean, the fact that I mentioned senior management involvement in in data. Uh, a, a, a management that is completely data aware and know, know what it wants, uh, they were also, you know, really uh, uh, impactful in spearheading what kind of KPIs that we should focus on. So there are a couple of KPIs, you know, that um, we, we, we focus on as an organization, uh, things like, um, you know, I mean, as a D2C company, uh, sessions, right, uh, for, on our webshops. Uh, and then, I mean, basically looking at how many customers uh, visited our webshop, how much time they spent there, what what they did on this webshop. So we track all of that. We also check conversion rate, right? At the end of the day, uh, yeah. it's not you, you don't. I mean, many you 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 able to attract uh, many customers to your webshop, but you also need to ensure that 
how many of those customers are actually you know making a purchase so that's that's the conversion rate part of it mm -hmm. uh we also look at um you know uh net revenue performance obviously every company cares about that one so it's a big one we have to check uh how much of how much are we really making right at the end of all of this what's the profit uh we're making yeah. from from sales in our web shop uh we also, we also looked at media spend so how much are we spending so we're also tracking how much we're spending to attract customers to our web shop you know uh, are we spending a lot to attract customers we also look at retention so you know these are practically important uh, metrics that every business cares about so obviously you spend so much to attract new customers to the business uh, but we need to care about are those customers coming back again because that's the the real uh, purpose of our business our business model or purpose of sustaining our, our business model are the customers coming back to make a purchase because for that we, we don't have to spend again. We, we don't have to like spend the same resources right. to bring them back. But then these same customers can also become evangelists. We tell other customers about our product. We have things like exit survey where on our web shop, after you make a purchase, we basically ask every customer like, okay, what's your experience? How did you know? Mm -hmm. How did you find out about, about the product, about Arab? Uh, we also do some kind of NPS uh, you know, measurement where surveys where we basically try to check who are, you know, um, detractors who are promoters of our product right so these are all metrics that we basically look out for to ensure that we are working in the right direction and that's where we made we, we brought a lot of value right because these things were all more like a wish list uh at the beginning but then we started like building uh these metrics putting them in dashboards and the business can actually work with those and make real-time decisions uh, from these metrics Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. Um, that was uh, that was a really good point. Uh, thank you. Um, now, when when you moved on, um, obviously it was very clear that what what you have started um, was very valuable for the business in, in in different aspects: monetary conversion rates, retention rates. Um, now, when you started building out the data team, obviously, I assume you probably had data engineers that uh, from external, uh, right? Yeah, okay, thought so. Um, when um, what was the first role that that you decided to hire? Did you did you build more on the analytic side of things, or did you decided more to go more on the technical side of thing and, and start building, you know, your own uh, data warehouses um, and looking at cloud functions, all of that uh, sort of things? In which direction did you? did you feel you you had to move first okay that that's a very interesting question um a question i also really love yeah so big so the, the idea is basically um what i would basically recommend for any startup or any company you know like like that started basically like we did at the very beginning uh probably with just one person in the, in the data team working with an external source partner uh would be to basically focus on building a strong foundation and framework for data collection and management so the first role i looked into hiring was a machine it might sound funny but true but i will explain it now with the modern data stack which is something we went for right data ingestion is the fundamental component uh, and, and with a machine, we set up a few source to destination pipelines via, via ELT. Um, ELT basically means extract, load, and transform within mm -hmm. a few minutes uh, based on previewed APIs using a tool like Fivetran or Airbyte. So we saved time. We're building and designing a complex piece of software 
so we could get to analytics faster for the business. Remember, I always mention, you know, uh, getting value out of analytics. It's not so much as starting with focusing on the complexities, but actually focus on simplicity. If you can actually make things simple from the very start, then you can actually then get value from data quickly. So with this approach, we gain time to hire our first data engineering role within the team to maintain existing pipelines, right? And then this data engineer also started building custom integrations where we had no previewed APIs in cloud data ingestion software. Uh, subsequently, the other roles we, we added to the team was a data analyst, right? With the data pipelines now in place, we're able to start collecting and analyzing data to gain insights and drive decision-making across the organization. The data analyst was responsible for creating reports, you know, dashboards to visualize the data and help stakeholders across the company uh, understand the performance of their areas. This is also what I was doing, right? But I was doing that as one person. But of yeah. course, as we scaled, you know, as the company now started investing in data function and saw value in it, then of course we had to hire more analysts to meet the demands that we had. After that, we added a data scientist to the team. As the company continued to grow, we needed to move beyond descriptive analytics and, and started exploring predictive and prescriptive analytics. The data scientist was also responsible uh, for building models uh, to forecast sales and other key performance indicators, as well as identifying new opportunities for growth and optimization. Overall, we focused on hiring roles that could help us you know, uh, gain insights and drive value from our data quickly, while also building a strong foundation for more advanced analytics in the future. So that's the path we followed. We, we hired a machine to, to do the engineering role uh, at the very start, right? because then we, we could get value from analytics real quick and then started hiring humans uh, afterwards. Mm, okay. Now, um, obviously, there's this whole um, data mesh uh, going on at the moment, right? And you embed mm -hmm. uh, analytics people within the, the, the actual business unit. Now, but obviously, you, you're starting to grow, right? So yeah. did you did you start delivering value like you did with your analyst like you did with your analyst in the first the marketing and sales team and then you you went over and delivered value to another business unit or did you then just start having a data team that just overarched all the business units or did you go into each specific business unit starting to deliver value or did you just look at it more as a whole um, overall okay so for us we started with a centralized um, structure you know, mm -hmm. and, and it made sense. I mean, I would always recommend that approach for, you know, companies, startups who are basically starting out. I wouldn't recommend a startup to to start with um, like a data mesh or this decentralized approach because uh, then you are bringing, you're actually focusing on complexity uh, from the very start. So we started with a simple approach, which is centralize all data, have a single yeah. point of truth. Uh, at the very beginning, data was basically, uh, it was difficult to find our, our sources of data because they were managed by different teams, right? So um, first focus is our business and how we can move our business forward, support, uh, uh, understand our customers. And so our goal was get all that data from wherever it was, be managed. Some, some data were managed by, by teams manually in Excel files. You know, um, most of this data didn't, was also not available in consistent format. So yeah. we had to transform and basically bring all that data together, create a single point of truth, make it available to everyone in the, in the organization via dashboards, via reports, 
and then people can already start getting value out of that. Then as we now scale, obviously at some point, as the company scaled and grew a lot, you know, uh, expanded across the world, uh, the, the issues of, you know, um, data team becoming a bottleneck started springing up, right? Because then we were, on, we were not able to keep up with the, with the demands of um, yeah. a, a growing backlog, growing demand or, or, or requests coming from different stakeholders. So now we, our, our next focus is basically what we're currently working on right now is self-service analytics. Mm-hmm. empowering people to self-serve, you know, looking at what are the things that we currently do, simple reports, ad hoc reports that people can do for themselves. So we're basically focusing on empowering stakeholders through training and also through technology tools that can allow them to self-serve and get insights from data very quickly. There were other teams that um, needed a lot more attention. For example, our CRM team, they needed a lot more focus to, to they, they carry out experiments. They were a little bit more mature in, in terms of the understanding of data and what they wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. These are exactly our target for a data decentralized uh, structure. We are, we're looking into uh, making these teams more like a data domain, right? Uh, looking yeah. into uh, concepts like data as a product where these teams can uh, now produce that data and actually um, other consumers of that data can actually use those uh, those data products, um, you know, as as they as they see fit for their for their own needs or the, for their departmental needs. So this is the direction we're currently looking at. But to 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 answer your question, I wouldn't start with a decentralized architecture. Yeah. I would always start with a centralized. Get my single point of truth right. Democratize data. Create a culture of self service, and then gradually move towards data decentralization. Okay. Yeah, I think that was the, the general consensus uh, when I had the discussion about data mesh and how to start the journey uh, with all the other managers as well. Um, cool. Now, having done all of that, right, You, it, it sounds obviously that um, that it was a very successful journey um, with, with delivering what what data should deliver, right? Insights and, and value and, and using data for to make business decisions. If you would have to do it again, let's turn back the clock, right? Let's go back to day one at AirUp. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things you would do again the exact same way? For example, um, externalizing the, 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 the data needs in the beginning. Um, and what are the things that you would do differently, right? If you could turn back the time and reflect them back, what would you definitely do again exactly this way? And what would you do, what would you do different? Okay, so um, like I said, also a little bit of luck from the very start, okay. uh, which is the fact that I didn't have to inherit any legacy systems like legacy mm-hmm. infrastructure. Um, I had the opportunity to actually build, you know, um, a data infrastructure, uh, a tech stack, you know, from start from from this from the scratch, and, and basically we went with the modern data stack, which was focused on simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would always choose the, the part of simplicity again and again. I would always, you know, um, try to clarify uh, with the with the owners of the of the company uh, how they see data, how do they how do they envision data in the scheme of things in the long term strategy of the organization, you know, and, and that will basically um, inform you know, what, what kind of 
next steps you follow in terms of data strategy and, and so on and so forth. So um, in terms of what, what I would maybe change a little bit, um, maybe let, let me start with the things that I would say um, I like from the very start. Yeah. Just like I said, simplicity, uh, having alignment with, um, with uh, you know, senior management of the organization and making sure uh, I understand how they want to work with data. Um, partnering with, with um, external recruiters, although we only, that's something I would say is something we could improve um, later on. Because, uh, some, something we, we found out that, um, you know, we, we, we discovered late that we could have leveraged that to, to ramp up the team because that, that's something I would say I would improve from the, from the very start because when we started, we, we basically put out our job adverts out there and, you know, it took us quite a while to hire a first data engineer. Um, and, and then I wasn't very, very um, familiar with the, the, with the services of maybe external recruiters you know, supporting you with recruitment. So um, I could have leveraged that from the very start to actually um, hire that role much faster. So I think that's something definitely I, I, I would improve if I had to do this somewhere else. And then um, something I feel like also worked quite well from the very start was building a culture of collaboration. So starting with, with, a, with the, the sales and marketing team, right, gave a really good opportunity to work very closely with an important arm of the business, right? Understand their KPIs, understand their, their intentions, uh, what they want to do, what, what, what they're trying to achieve. Uh, and that collaboration and knowledge sharing really helped, you know, create a really good foundation and good case, you know, for, for the data team that will become today. Now that you have built, obviously, this this unit, right? And you've, you've also proven yourself in the organization over the last uh, mm -hmm. couple of years, um, and looking more as a whole, what value have you guys, maybe not what value have you added actually, So, but what value are you adding now? So if, if someone is reluctant to start a data journey, doesn't maybe see the value, um, which, which obviously might take some time for them to, to realize the value, but mm -hmm. let's say someone's a, a little bit reluctant to um, to start this, this, this data journey. What can you tell them what value now Airwrap is getting from having trusted you with this data journey and you having um, delivered on on um, on their expectations? Like what do they get what do they get out of it now after after you reach this point? Okay, so uh, I will start like this. I mean, it's a very tricky question, uh, but a very good one also. One of the key areas where uh, data team has added significant value, is in, you know, in marketing. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the help of, of the data team, we have been able to understand our customers, uh, target them more effectively, right? It resulting in improved marketing, uh, return on investment, and higher customer engagement. Additionally, our data team has enabled us to identify trends, patterns in our sales data, which has helped optimize our CRM strategies and improve our overall profitability. One of the early projects which I... I, I you know, carried out, you know, um, when, when we started the team was, you know, trying to categorize our customer um, complaints. So we received a lot of complaints by email, you know, different mediums from, from customers and social media, but we couldn't categorize, uh, we didn't have a proper categorization mm -hmm. or standardization of those complaints. So uh, I worked um, with the our head of customer engagement,
to categorize these customer complaints into different categories. We had like category one, subcategory um, one, subcategory two, subcategory three, right? Really gave our customer engagement team a proper, you know, idea, you know, insight into uh, areas we needed to attend to urgently. What other teams, like working with logistics, working with, you know, uh, our, our sales and marketing team and every other team that can actually help improve the customer experience. So these are early insights that the data team was able to provide to the business that also gave the execs, also our executive uh, management, uh, a very quick idea. We also built, um, you know, um, web scrapers like a review, uh, reviews to look at what, what are customers saying on different social media uh, platforms, you know, about error, and then aggregated all of that in, in a dashboard so that we can immediately see what customers think of our product across different markets that we are selling the product. These are some of the value that the data team also brought. Another value that I think we're also offering right now is um, creating an awareness of the value of data, yeah. you know, through self-service. So people yeah. feel comfortable to talk to professionals within the team. So, so yeah. we are also there as internal data team as serving as consultant for the rest of the organization, we need to to like we have some ideas, but don't know where to start or how to go about it. So, and then we can actually help provide more insights and actually like make those abstract ideas become reality, like by creating dashboards or by even creating predictive models that help our CRM team, you know, steer them in the direction of what they should be looking at, what they should be focusing on. Having all of these insights provided by a data team is one reason why you should keep investing in, in an internal data team. Mm. Nice. Um, I think that's going to be very helpful for, for a lot of people to hear that, that it's, it's in many areas where data can add value and, and um, explain how everything is connected. So if you look into the, in, into the future, right, it, it seems mm. that Arab obviously is, um, is going very strong on, on on the data and insights out of things, analytics out of things. You you're already deploying um, data science uh, data science techniques, uh, machine learning models, um, things like that. Now, if you look into the future, what what's um, what's the next step? Um, where where are you gonna take this data team? Where uh, where do you need to go to to even be better as a data unit to to, to serve the business even better, even more? So two things uh, for the future will be empower stakeholders. The next focus for us will be creating more emphasis on, on our customers and how they can self-serve and get insights from data as quickly as possible in, in, in as easy as possible ways create a culture of self-service analytics mm -hmm. where our stakeholders, right, can get insights from data as quickly as possible, right? Without having to learn SQL, without having to, you know, um, learn Python or things yeah. like that. I mean, a little bit of that knowledge is good, but um, we've also seen that not many people are, are really willing to invest time to learn some of those things. Uh, another thing that I would also recommend, it's also what... Um, seems to be the, the trend for today, which is the data mesh, the data decentralization. <laughs> so the idea would be, yeah. I know data mesh comes with a, a lot of risk, a lot of complexity, <laughs> but it will also be what part of the mesh architecture or mesh concepts um, will be relevant for your organization, uh, then will be, it will be what you should focus on. So I, I, there are a lot of benefits from centralizing data, 
but there are also a lot of um, you know disadvantages also as the company scales. So I think taking some really good um, you know um, practices from the data mesh uh, architecture and infusing that into what you currently have that works would definitely be a general direction that I see for the future. There's a question in between then there because uh, it's quite interesting. Um, I've heard this, uh, this heard, heard this a lot. Um, do you think that eventually you will you will stick to to a hybrid model? You know, like partly centralized, partly decentralized, or do you think that long term, with all the data needs that that people have and that we will have in the future, um, you will go full data mesh or at least full decentralized? Um, what do you think? Um, um, I think speaking speaking for from where we are right now, um, I think it only makes sense to go with to start with an hybrid, mm. right? Uh, because one of the biggest challenges I see with the data mesh is the resistance to change from many stakeholders. Mm. So so many people are practically okay with the status quo. I remember sometimes asking the stakeholder like, okay, we're going to help for you training on how to do certain things for yourself. And they basically said, okay, I have my own daily functions. What yeah. I'm, what I'm focusing on, trying to improve, right? Which has, which, which doesn't require me to to learn, you know, some of the things you are recommending to me. So, and um, there are people like that, and there are lots of them, right? Um, that that are okay with the status quo and always believe that if they need anything data, they should talk to an expert professional. So for that, I would recommend the hybrid approach. And then gradually build a culture where as the company matures in their knowledge of data and their literacy improves, then we can decentralize more. But starting with like maybe a focus on decentralization, I think that's going to be really hard. Um, as long as you get buy-in from the senior management and things uh, and maybe other senior senior heads of um, within within different business functions then it's it makes the journey easy but even then i would always recommend the hybrid approach first and then gradually look at how much decentralization we can go from there that's that's basically what i what i would recommend yeah um there was uh, basically the the main uh, challenge every time I've, I've discussed the topic um there's a lot of education that needs to be done there's a lot of handholding needs to be done and um, saying this is maybe that cultural uh, transformation, right? That part of the cultural transformation, it's it's like I feel like the the hardest part of bringing about yeah. that change. I don't know what 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 do other, you know? I mean, you I I know you've written a couple of articles also regarding this topic, and you've also spoken to uh, a couple of um, data professionals um, in industry. What are the what are their own perception regarding this particular area? Well, um, they, they pretty much, most of them said what, what you said, right? That first of all, it's, it's very important to have the backing from the very top, right? The culture needs to start at the top, but it needs to trickle down. Um, and there needs to be a lot of education. There needs to be, well, some, some had ideas to, to create like um, exchange sessions where you 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 put the, the data people and the business people in a room and and you let them work together right networking events uh, just to be more comfortable giving them an environment where where they feel comfortable asking questions right mm -hmm. 
not the expertise area. And um, maybe flipping that and just mm -hmm. look at it more from maybe more from my perspective, if I would be in a business as much, obviously I've been recruiting in data now for, uh, for this is my sixth year. So I've been doing this for quite a while and I'm a huge fan of data. It's cool stuff. I use dashboards as well, as much as I can. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think if all of a sudden um, someone would come to me and after 20 years of doing one job, telling me now I've got all this responsibility and how important it is, mm -hmm. I think it would be something daunting for me as well, right? Because it's it's a new, it's something new I need to look out for. It's a new responsibility. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's about picking those people up, right, in the business. And and um, and I think also just helping them understand that it's innovation, like that change just needs to happen, uh, right? Uh, we, 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 we change with everything, right? Um, a lot of people said, um, you know, that you had uh, cable phones back in the day and, and now mm -hmm. uh, uh, mobile phones. Smartphones. Right, yeah. smartphones. And yeah, you went from mobile phones to smartphones. And it's unthinkable that we we, 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 we take that out uh, nowadays, right? So, but yeah, overall, it's it's holding the hand, um, guiding them through, taking away the fear, having having the, the, the main management uh, backing you. And, and finding ways to to basically bring data and, and the business together. And um, Elizabeth in, in the last podcast um, was saying that for her, it was always important to make sure that people understand that they sit in the same boat, mm. right? It, it's one business, right? It's not data or, or tech or whatever you want to call it, data yeah. analytics against the business, right? Both parties together to, to achieve a common goal. But yeah, I think that's moving forward. That's going to be the biggest challenge overall. Um, but it's going to take time, right? It's it's like mm -hmm. you said, a cultural change. It's yeah. not an overnight. So for us, we're looking at it in two big parts: technology transformation and um, cultural transformation. So for now, we're focusing on the technology transformation. Yeah. Really looking into how the mesh architecture can work in the context of in context of Europe. Um, and then piloting, starting a pilot with a more, uh, I would say, uh, mature, um, you know, data set uh, with the with the domain team that is also tilted towards this mindset, right? So, because we feel like it's a big mindset shift from the way things are currently done. And so we're looking, we're currently partnering or, I mean, working towards piloting with, with another team within uh, the organization that already is, is already thinking towards, you know, this direction. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's going to, uh, and then if we, if we succeed with that pilot, we would then use this as an example for the rest of the organization to yeah. say, okay, we actually have a use case where this has really worked out. And we can also use those this particular uh, domain team as an evangelist in the process to say, okay, yes, initially we had these concerns about starting, but then we were able to weather uh, those challenges, and they can also make their other colleagues feel comfortable about you know coming into I mean doing a pilot or also starting out. But then of course, if you also look at the 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 data mesh, um, you know um, the components of of the data mesh architecture, they, there's a function called the enabling team that really, really plays a big role in trying to make other teams, 
you know, come feel comfortable about, you know, um, starting out with the domain driven or domain level ownership kind of thing. So um, I think it's, a, it's, it's the, uh, like you said, the big part is the cultural transformation is going to be a big mindset shift. And for that to really happen, you need uh, a big buy-in from, you know, the executives of the company, yeah. the, the managers of those domain teams for those, for this to succeed. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I agree. And that's uh, basically the common, uh, the common uh, talking topic um, that I've had as well. Um, but yeah, Etoma, then thank you very much. Thank you too. I'm in all well, insights. It was it was uh, it was a great conversation. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, and stay tuned for our third episode of Data Unplugged. Thank you, and um, for the opportunity to be part of the podcast. I think it was. I found the questions very insightful, and I hope um, uh, the responses. Um, that have uh, been shared here also will help other data leaders uh, who are trying to navigate, you know, um, similar um, experiences like like I've had, or maybe other companies like uh, other startups who um, are also in, you know, really thinking about how they want to work with data for the future. I definitely see a lot of value in having a data team 